Welcome to The Marketing Perspective. I'm James Danella, and you and I are about to go on a journey together. Today, this is our inaugural flight of our podcast, The Long-Awaited, The Marketing Perspective. I can't tell you all the obstacles that got in the way for us to put this together, but we're here now. First, let me tell you a little bit about what the show's about. It's a little bit about education, a little information, a little bit about life, a lot of stories, and it's all from a marketing perspective. Hopefully, we'll have a little fun together along the way. Sometimes it'll just be us, and sometimes it'll be at least one guest on the show as well. So a short intro about me. I've been in the industry a very long time. I've been a marketing, gosh, close to 39 years. First half of my career was all national experience. And then um, after 9-11, uh, I built uh, Media Vision Advertising. And for the last 20 years, that's what I've been doing. Uh, national, regional, and local clients. So you'll hear very little about my company on this show because this is more about you learning all different things about marketing. And I'm, I'm going to try to do it in a fun way. I'm going to try to tell a lot of stories to hopefully get the point across to what we're talking about. Today, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a taste of that. And we're going to start with the topic of brand equity. So I want to tell you a quick story. Years ago, I used to produce all the Meineke muffler commercials. And I don't know, for those that remember, uh, George Foreman was in those commercials for a while. Uh, a lot of fun. I worked with him. We would go down to Houston and shoot for five days in a row and put a whole bunch of uh, commercials in the can and, and then we're set for the year and then do it again the next year. So one day I'm sitting on the back of a production truck with Mr. Foreman. We're waiting for the next setup. And I asked him the question that everybody wanted to know. Why does he call all his kids George, Georgetta, Georgina? So I waited for the answer. I was ready to duck. He's a strong man. And all he said was, because that's all I have to give them. And it took me back for a second. And I said, well, fathers, that's what we have. We give the na our names to our children. I get that. He goes, no, well, it's all I have to give, meaning I've worked really hard on my name. It's character, it's integrity, and it's worth quite a bit of money. And ironically, on that day, the George Foreman grill had come to fruition and you would not believe the amount of money he was handed just to give the rights to his name. Well, I could say it now. It's $135 million. Yes, that's right. $135 million just to say, hey, you can use my name. We should all be that fortunate. Uh, that man worked very hard in his life. He was smart with what he did and how he used his money. He didn't listen to the wrong people that are very rampant in that industry. Um, I greatly respect him. Uh, if you're listening, I'd welcome you to come on the show and you could tell this story yourself someday because it was a really powerful. It stayed with me, gosh, for at least uh, almost 23 years now. So what's the point of all this? Well, Mr. Foreman understood the value of his brand and he used it very well. He built a career on that name. It wasn't just about the sport. It was about his brand. It was what he was worth. And um, I, You can call me George all day long for $135 million. So if you understand what I'm saying, he built it. It took years to build that foundation become a cornerstone of something much bigger than himself, than anything he probably even thought he would ever be. That's about brand equity. 
So now take that concept Let's come and back apply to it that. to your business. I want to tell you that I've been in my industry for so long. I love it. I would do it for free if I could. I'm passionate about it. it. I never stop learning something new. Every day I find something new and exciting that takes my career just a little bit further, takes my education just a little bit further, takes my understanding about marketing further. The idea is that we all do that. We all keep taking a step forward and moving in a direction, honing our craft and learning more and more every day to make ourselves better and better. So that's how I'm building my brand equity because I always stay ahead of the industry. I always know what's next. Um, I hope to share some of that with you along this journey together. I've learned that there's a cause and effect in everything that we do. Everything. So in a world where consumers are so much more demanding, it's at a time where businesses have to do things ethically and honestly and with integrity. A lot of businesses don't. The minute they get caught, that brand is over. It's important to do that. And it was important always to do that, but that wasn't always the way. I mean, our last recession, the big one, uh, back in 08, definitely changed people and made us think differently and make us much more accountable as business owners. I want to tell you, bad marketing offends me like you have no idea. It takes just a little bit of foresight and a little bit of effort to make a brand or even one ad so much better. Do it better. Do it with intention. Make it count. Every single thing you put out there, people are watching. Your brand matters. If you don't care about it, no one else will. So I want to tell you one more quick story about brand equity. This one is about a high school t-shirt. Two different schools, two different towns. The shirt, same shirt, same quality, same brand, bought probably at the same manufacturer. The only difference is it had a different high school brand on it. One shirt was worth $35. When you when you went, well, <laughs> let me rephrase. One shirt you paid $35. The other shirt in the other town, you only paid 12. Why? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm already offended. If I'm the one paying $35, I want to go to the other town, take the, take the name off and just slap the other brand on it, right? Same shirt. Well, no, because I bought that shirt with pride. I bought that shirt because my kids go to that school, because they play different sports, because they're involved in different activities, because the school is doing a great job by them. I bought in to that brand. I believe in it and what it's doing as a parent. My neighbors get involved at times. They don't even have a kid in the school. They go to the games. They watch football. They go to some of the other games. I mean, we're, we are living in the South and football is the priority here, but Friday night football is awesome. Go to a game one night. Even if you've never gone, it is a lot of fun. So back to the point of that t-shirt, I bought that t-shirt on the campus where the, where the football stadium was. And sure enough, that shirt was $35. I didn't think twice, happily spent the money. But in the other town where one of my staff, their kid goes to school, same exact scenario, but it's only $12. So what's the difference? Well, the difference starts with community involvement, with community buy-in, with getting that this is our school, like a little bit of ownership 
of hours. And people get territorial about their schools. Get, go to any kind of a sporting event at a high school level, and you will see parents losing their minds. So where am I going with this? Why is this important? Well, if you're only making $12 on a shirt, you're probably not making as much money and as much margin to put back into the program because that's the point when of anything being sold at a high school level. They are trying to raise more money to give their programs an edge. So in my opinion, I think both schools should be able to sell that shirt at exactly the same price, whatever it is, and profit exactly the same amount of money. Why? Because I think it should be equal. I think on the back end of what's going on, it should be equal and let the actual event, whether it's a physical sport, whether it's an academic sport, you know, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> if you don't know what I'm saying, I'm saying there's, there's also debate. There's also what's called science Olympiad. There's, there's educational sports. I call them because they're still competing with each other. Well, why isn't it about that? Why is it you want to have so much more an advantage? Well, you could say the same thing in college. You could say the same thing in the pros. Some have more money. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan since I was 12 years old. Don't judge. I know what you're thinking. If you're not a Cowboy fan, oh, well, yeah, I've been hooked on their brand since I was a little kid. And yes, it did start with the cheerleaders. And yes, I evolved. It took me a while. The brand is what makes the difference between profit and not so much profit. People that buy into a brand are buying into it for a reason. There's an emotional connection. And there's also, there's quality to it that they perceive as this is what's for me. Historically, that is what brands do. So why is that t-shirt worth more than one town? Well, it's kind of obvious. If, if you're reading between the lines, you understand where I'm going with this. There's more buy-in from that one town than from the other town. Uh, maybe the, the town at the $35 t-shirt, the school wins more often than not, which I think is true. It shouldn't matter. You should still have that school spirit. You should still have that heart to want to lean in. And it should be the same amount of money, in my opinion. It's actually something that we're working on now uh, behind closed doors, trying to see if we can help that situation. Why is one more important than the other? Why is your brand more or less important than your competition? Look at that. Think about that. I see brands every single day. That's what I do for a living. And I've seen some really great brands and I've seen some really bad brands. The only difference is they had more buy-in. They took, they had foresight. They planned. They were very intentional about their strategy. That's part of the difference. They also, whether they did it with better character or integrity, there's a lot of factors that play into a brand, but it's also a lot of work. It's worth it in the long run because I've seen brands go from chucking a truck, you know, small mom pop contractor company to behemoth companies with multiple locations and a lot of employees. I've seen uh, law firms do the same thing, go from really small one or two offices and explode to nine, 10 offices in a, in, a, in a region in a very short period of time, purely by making brand corrections, by investing in this is what my brand is and this is how I'm going to present it to the world, being consistent in how it's presented. That's another thing. The message has to be consistent. 
with a little bit of foresight and a little bit of planning, a little bit of strategy, a baby brand can grow up and be a very impressive brand that is worth a lot more money than it was worth three, four, five years ago. Look at George Foreman. Look at how his brand went from nothing to something. You could say, oh, well, he's a professional athlete and it's easy to do that. There's a lot of professional athletes that don't have that same brand equity. More than not, you could say the same thing about schools. Uh, let's forget high school for a minute. Look at college sports. Look at colleges that they have to become known for something. What is each college known for? Once they figure that out, once they understand their, their secret formula, they become very successful universities. Brand equity is not an accident. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes foresight. And it takes planning. And if you do it correctly, if you do it authentically, you can be extremely successful. I'm sharing this because I see so many bad brands every single day that with a little bit of love and a little bit of effort and a little bit of marketing sprinkling can be so much better. Now, I'm not saying, oh, we have to hire us to, to be successful. That's not what I mean. While that wouldn't be bad, hire somebody. Work with somebody who knows more than you do and, and really vet them. Really, they have to have like some serious industry experience. I mean, short, ver short version of my world, I started on the production side, crossed over to the agency side in my career. I, I'm an oddity. I'm, I'm, I've only met a few people like me that had the same kind of a background and have the same kind of experience, which makes them really good strategists, by the way, because they understand their industry. They understand both sides of it. They've been around long enough that they know that if you do this, it's going to fail because they've done it a thousand times. They, they're not just, you know, the, um, the, they're not just the Albert Einstein of marketing. It's by experience. And the more experience they have, the more times they've tried things and they know what works and they know what doesn't work. Rely on these kind of people because they're going to give you a much better perspective than you have yourself. Another aspect of using an outside person is their eyes see it differently. They're looking at it through the eyes of their consumer, of your consumer, if they're doing it well. They need to be able to be objective. The decisions that they make and the choices they make to position your brand have to be able to understand who your consumer is specifically. It's important. And what's your value differentiator? You've heard this. You've heard people say, well, what sets you apart? What's your value? What, why you versus them? These are common questions that marketers ask. They're asking for a reason. It's important to have that. If you don't have that answer, if there is no difference, then it comes down to money. And then whoever's cheaper is who people buy. And once you're in that pit, your brand will not achieve success in a, in a real way where your brand equity is worth more in, in a series of years versus what it was worth today. I hope you're hearing this because if you're not, um, you're one of the ones that you're the hamster on the wheel and you're not letting your business grow. So because it's just me, I'm getting a little heart to heart today. But I want to close with this. This show is intended to really open your eyes to what marketing can do for you. How successful can your business be? It can be as successful as you want it to be. You just have to make different decisions. You have to surround yourself with people that know more than you do in their categories.
you're probably great at what you do. Most entrepreneurs came from a bigger industry. They're really good at what they do. And then they get in a little over their head in business. It happened with me. I had no idea all the other things that it takes to make a business successful. No clue. I am just a good marketer. So whatever you're good at, all the other things you should really let go and allow people to come in and help you. and It'll make your business stronger. So I'm preaching just a little bit. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to close today with this thought. Marketing is an investment. If you're doing it wrong, it's an expense. So this is the marketing perspective. This is a little taste today. Um, the next five, six shows in a row will all be with guests on different topics. Those are a lot of fun. We had a blast uh, recording it. I hope you tune in. I hope you download us. I hope you uh, get involved in the sense that this is a learning experience and you can get a little nugget out of each and every show that we do for you because this is this show is for you. So thank you for being part of the Marketing Perspective. I'll see you next time.